0: Um, basically tell me, uh, you know, whatever you want to, as far as background, how we got here, you know, what, uh, shaped you, groomed you, beliefs, things um, of that nature. So it's pretty much all about you. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, I was born in, uh, I was born in San Antonio, oh. Texas on Halloween, 1993. Um, I didn't know the woman who birthed me till COVID-19 happened. I was raised by two very, uh, very fortunate to be raised by two very loving, adopted parents. It was very old; they're still around, but my pops is like seventy something now. My mom's like seventy something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a struggle growing up. I mean, I lived in a lot of different places. Uh, Michigan was I, I lived in uh Battle Creek and I lived in uh Dearborn out there. I was uh, I was adjudicated at a young age. I was adjudicated when I was like fourteen years old, or uh, actually, excuse me, fifteen years old. So it was like, you know, I had I had a lot of blessings uh, early on, and obviously, shit got in the way of that. For my first, when I turned a year old, my mom she put me. She has a photo of it too. That's what that's what really makes me bugged out about. It. She has a picture of me. She made it too. She made him me a devil outfit, um, because. Her friend had adopted a kid, and her friend was dressing her, her uh, adopted daughter as an angel. So she just didn't think nothing of it, and uh, you know what I'm saying she, you know, she she put me in, and took this picture, right? It's a really cute picture. I have it on my Facebook and you know, all types of stuff. And I started thinking. I said, "Yo, what if there was?" Because here's the thing, like. It was like, my life was so fucked to a point. I was on like psychiatric meds. I was on lithium. I was on um, Risperdal type of shit. And when they take me off it, it wouldn't change. Like my behavior would be violent as fuck either way. Like that was my thing. It was like, I was really um, just angry and like violent for no reason. Like no one set me off. I just like threw this kid on the floor and kicked him. Like, like stuff like that. And uh, a lot of times it felt like shit was forcing my motion and the first time I was able to get off medication without no type of uh like I ran away from home at times I was like I was an asshole to my adopted parents like it was to a point where like I couldn't control it and uh it wasn't until after I turned eighteen that I started uh being able to control it, but because there was such a long pattern of this uh mental health like behavior that they just kept me on the meds thinking that it was safer off that way. And then when I went to prison this last time, uh, the doctor in there who's very anti-medication, more so like a uh, manifest destiny type thinking, he goes, um, he goes, you know, I, I, you're only here for about a year. Cause you, you know what I'm saying? You don't got much time. Uh, we're gonna, we're, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna leave everything the same unless it presents the issue. So, I got jumped while I was in prison and cause, cause I, cause I stick to the code about shit. I, you know, I stayed on my bunk and I, I kept quiet. And I put some glasses on, my boy gave me some glasses and it fit the shiner perfectly. And, um, eventually they noticed I was missing my meds and they called me medical and they're like, uh, so you got three options. You could either, because uh, I remember the one the doctor said he really didn't want me on was lithium, but that was there such a short time. You mm-hmm. didn't see no reason to make it, you know what I'm saying? So when I get to medical, you know, they they, they didn't say nothing about the black guy, but they're like, uh, if you could either refuse it, we're going to put you in SAG. You could uh, take it or you could, um, you know what I'm saying, talk to the doctor. So I already knew the doctor, you know what I'm saying, uh, felt a certain way. People in my dorm had noticed, like, out of 80, 90 other people in my room, they're always like, yo, you way better off that shit. Like, that shit is probably what's making you have a hairpin trigger with everything. Like, there was shit I knew. Like, I was probably walking into dying just by, like, spashing on this person or, like, and get, and, and, or like causing a beef to happen that, that, that could bring about that. And the thing was, like, because I was a white boy, like, it got one or two reactions where, like, either people didn't think I was really going to do something I was going to do. Or then once I did it, it was like, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it was a lot of shit that got me really known within the prison system. And that's that's sort of what, what made me want to do the YouTube. Um On top of that, like, I've, I've done music since 2011. So that was like my, my first thing was like I started rapping. And then after that, I started playing guitar. And my father, my, my biological father, who I've never met, and I've heard he's he's dead. I heard he ran into my biological mother te- in a bar ten years after I was born and he didn't know who she was. There's all kinds of just crazy shit. Like my biological mother uh, was adopted and never found her her uh biological parents. Um so there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of things at play and she uh has what well, she thinks is like psychic powers or shit. Like I've seen myself have like certain like ways of knowing what someone's thinking about whatever before they you know what I'm saying they ever so if I, I've had that since I was a little kid I've had ESP where like as a little kid especially I could see ghosts I could I could go into people's houses when I wasn't there I could like mentally go in their houses and tell them exactly what they was doing like to a T and um as I got older and shit um other kids was like yo that's weird like we're not fucking with that so I stopped doing it. And I also have an extremely, like, unnaturally high IQ to the point where if I said it, like, people wouldn't believe me. And as a kid, it caused me a lot of frustration, right, because I was thinking of shit that was so high ahead of where I was at in school. Like, I would do the math, and they would say I cheated on the math because I didn't show none of my work. And uh, the math is the lesser of my scores, and I'm doing like algebra, calculus with no calculator, no, and it's literally just the answer, and it's within like two minutes. So there was always a bunch of um really unique things about me growing up, and uh, I wonder, because the way that the the thing my mom did with that picture, I, I started thinking about when I had kids. I told my wife, I said, "Do not put that shit on him and take no picture. If you want to take a." a picture of them, maybe in part of it or whatever, just don't put the whole shit on them. Cause I feel like that shit, like, that's where I feel like the first like incident of like some type of like otherworldly shit happened in my life. Because it was like, after that there was times where it was like something else was moving my body. And the way it was like my mom and dad are not religious. They don't believe in God at all. Like they, they, they they do. My dad, I think he's like agent Smith from the matrix. He has no emotions. He's, he's from that generation that didn't talk about their feelings. He didn't ask for directions. Uh, he's off the boat from from uh, from Eastern Europe. Old as fuck, you know. So it's like he 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 didn't know how to react to a lot of shit growing up with be. and uh, I think he expected that, like, because he he wound up to become very successful. He was he was in the military, but that was his first job when he came over here. Then after that, he wound up in the uh, well, first like major job. But then after that, he wound up flying planes and he flew planes for like 45 years. And I swear to God, I only been on two flights that man flew. And let me tell you, when you touched down, like you didn't feel like you touched down. Like it was the only time I've been on probably hundreds of planes. Like I've seen the best of both worlds. That's the thing. Like I've seen other countries and shit. Cause I, but like, growing up, I got to fly for free if I flew standby. Gotcha. So like, I got to see a lot of shit. And um, it also helped me with running away because now I just be like Leo Pops. Like, found this, I found this, this camera go live with over here. I found, you know, at one point I found a biological uh, family. My mom was like, yo, I'm go, gonna, I'm gonna go chill with him. And that's why I wound up in Michigan. And then, uh, that was, so there was a lot of shit. Like it was, it got to the point, like they sent me to a wilderness program in North Carolina. Like, and that was what started the whole running away thing. Cause it was like, really like my own mom gave me up for adoption. I never met her. And now you gonna send me in the woods <laughs> where I have no shelter, nothing. I'm like 13. So there's a lot of shit like that where, I mean, but there's more over time. But in terms of like what shaped me into what I am now, I mean, that's really what it was. Uh, Also, my father was, uh, he was a guitarist and and he had a record deal at one point, which I found, I I believe he wound up owing the label for like some serious. Yeah, so, but uh, my my birth parents is both from the... uh, excuse me, Peoria, Illinois area. They from, uh, I believe my fa- my father was from East Bluff. I'm not sure where my mom's was from, but I know it was both from Peoria and my mom still live out there, so. So do you believe uh, the meds hindered your natural abilities or to a certain extent? Um, I think they made me look like I was crazy. Like I've done every drug under the sun. I'm not going to lie to you. I've done every drug under the sun. Um, I was, I was put on Ritalin when I was five. It, it did like, uh, it did wonders. Um, it was the, it was the, cause I could not like, when when, when like other kids would be doing the work, I'd be trying to grab another kid out of the seat, trying to fight him. Like right? You know what I'm saying? I was all over the place and I was really hyper and really aggressive and in terms of being all over the place and really hyper. It helped. So in, in turn, at least while shit was going on, it sort of. At least distracted the aggression, and um, it was the point where, like, it was like I look at shit I did now. This is the, the thing too. I think it made me. It's like especially when I was on the lithium, like the the risperdal made me like I used to be walking around like your size. You see what I'm saying? So it's like I lost a lot of weight over a very short period of time, and uh I've been on that since I was seven. You see what I'm saying? Because they thought well, my mom's her mom's was schizophrenic. My 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 uh, my adopted mom her mom was schizophrenic tried to kill all the kids on an airplane one time just back in like the 60s and uh she she basically uh got got put in the psych ward back then you didn't get out of that right and then so she got scared because she didn't know like my my biological mother like that you know what i'm saying um but she got scared because of her own mother like she's like okay if this kid's seen ghosts and shit like it's got to be like schizophrenia you know because I was. So what her her mother dealt with. So uh she went to the doctor after I'd been put on Ritalin and he was like, Well, this is this seizure, man, we we gonna try it for uh what's it called? We're gonna try it for uh we are starting to try for antipsychotics, it's had some use over the past like 10, 20 years, but we're still trying to do runs and now in children. So I know what it was. The doctor got a kickback and basically they put me on on, on Risperdal, And so after that that's when, like, I got—I still had all the problems I had, but I was just like so, like zonked out all the time. Like, most of the time, I could—I would—I would—I would let it. I would uh, still act out, but like a lot of times, like just because I was how zonked out I was, I would let it go, and they viewed that as like the slightest bit of improvement, just because I was too tired to fight at that point. Like, so, um, but as time progressed, like there was a lot of situations where. Um, especially once I was on the lithium, because it didn't slow me down like that. Uh, it, it it basically, like, it really made me to a point where I couldn't... Like, I look back on myself on Risperol, and there's, like, I know what I was thinking. I look back at myself on lithium, I have no fucking clue. Like, I went to my parents' house, my, my adopted parents' house, for the first time in six years, five years, yesterday. Literally the first time, because for four or five of those years, because I wound up trapping out their house and they live in a country club and shit. So like, they not like that shit and I was wilding. Like I, I, I threatened the security there. I did all type of crazy shit. So eventually, like most of the people was like, he's chill as long as you don't set him off and he just smokes weed and shit. He's not doing nothing really that serious, you know? And eventually it got to a point where like, there's a small group of people, mainly one of them was my next door neighbor who was like we want him gone duh, duh, duh. and the cops have been called enough times where it was like i went to court one day and my parents didn't even know nothing about it they had gotten a restraining order and had a attorney us together so i go to court for some other shit They're like oh yeah by the way you can't go back to your parents house you can't go back to this resident or within a five mile radius of this residence or this neighborhood or any of the surrounding so like a whole like 15 mile like it's a road right next to a lake was cut off i couldn't go there like so, uh, yeah. Like I dealt with being harassed by the police, and uh, it's it's crazy because even though I saw ghosts as a kid, and, like it sort of stopped as I got older. There was a lot of other shit I saw as I got older, in terms of not so much what you see, but what you see going on. In terms of like, um, I wound up at this one. Uh, we like, I made a video about it on my YouTube. We was, when I was homeless, me and my wife. Got kicked out of the town we was in, because that was where I was being harassed at the cops actually wound up almost killing me the same way as George Floyd. Um, and that was what really like reaffirmed, you know, that that God was real to me. Because the thing was, like, God was real to me even when like I didn't grow up around the church. You know what I'm saying? One of my one of my uh of my of my mom's sisters is really religious. The other one's kind of really religious. But uh the one that's really, really religious. Um, but like this, when my grandma wound up in the psych ward, her, her dad, see, he had done some real fucked up shit. It was a part of something like big at the end of World War II, if you understand what I'm saying, um, with Japan, um, he flew planes. So basically he wound up, um, I had no idea he, like what he even did, like, and how serious it was because, um, it was basically, like, he flew one of the, I forget which one. I don't think it was the Noel Gay was the other one. But he flew or co-piloted one of the B-29s that dropped on, I think it was Nagasaki. It was that one. Yeah. So he was, like, on the crew of one of them shits. And uh, he was really, like, verbally abusive and shit. to, to After uh, my grandma left, he was really, like, abusive and shit towards, like, Mom, my parents and shit like that, like he, uh, not my parents, excuse me, my mom and shit like that, so, because she was the oldest, so he took out most of it on her, and, uh, her little brother, he didn't really get took out on her, but he, he was sort of like her closest friend, he's now a brain surgeon, but then, she, they have four kids, and they're now mass successful, but, like, three of them, he just, like, one day was like, oh, yeah, so I'm gamer married and, like, y'all aren't gonna live here no more, and, like, the youngest one, Who was Susie, uh, she wound up with, with our aunt, with her aunt Rita, who was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And then she's the one who became like a real born again Christian, like crazy. Like, um, I love them though. They're, they're like my favorite part of the family. It's crazy because as kids, as a kid, like I didn't get along with them. Like she called me a devil child at one point. She was like, I remember like me and like, I used to, I remember her she put me in a sleeper hole to drag me in the house one time, like, because I was out there wild and we was it. She lived in like Redlands, she lived out in California. So, like, there was a lot of shit growing up where it was like, um you know, that I seen like little bits of shit that I couldn't explain till I was older. And then once I could explain it, when I look back on lithium, it's like, it set my mind in a way where it was, like, I can't even, like, I went to my, my parents' house the other day, and I'm looking at my room, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck was, was I Like, what was I on, yo? Like, nothing was organized. The shit is trash. Like, there's, like, guitars in there that, like, for whatever reason, like, I took halfway apart. Like, and, like, granted, at this time, like, I was doing a lot of other shit, too, but it was, like, I don't remember how half the shit happened. I don't remember how, like, any of it happened. Like, I remember I went in there, I found, like, a trigger lock to some shit. And I'm like, I don't even remember how this got here. Like, I mean, there's multiple thoughts I could think about how this got here, but I don't remember, you know what I'm saying? So I've heard I've heard reports of me doing shit to people where, like, I don't remember doing this. I remember when I first came home from jail, like, uh, my, my boy was like, I remember – you knocked out uh, this kid's. Uh, this kid's mom tried to try to fight you. You wound up throwing her on the ground, and then her dad, his, uh, her her man, the kid's dad, jumped in and I wound up knocking the dad out. And then we got in the car and left because I guess I, I did something to that kid. Like I don't remember what it was, but something really foul. <laughs> so it's like there's a lot of uh, points in my life where I think like I could have if I just got off the the lithium at that point, she would have gone back to normal. But I just had like this uh, almost like it was like a compulsion to just like it was like it was like if I and, and like the statues is out on this now. So it's like I'm I'm you know, I'm guarded about what I say about it. But at the same time, I understand like what I'm talking about in this specific case has been over and done with for over five years. So it's like I was robbing people at one time just to do it like not even because they or like then it became like, OK, that attracts too much bad karma. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm going to do this based off of um what's your based off of principle like if i feel like this dude switched the prices up or i feel like this dude was acting like my man and then he he all of a sudden acted real funny and did some shit i felt he, that he was doing trying to finesse me whatever the case like i wasn't gonna kill you like especially if you was my man like but i was gonna rob the fuck out you to a point where i knew you couldn't recover and someone else might you know what i'm saying and um uh, so it got to a point where I was just like, I realized shortly after I had just gotten to the point, because I used to, at one point, I was I was authorized to be doing what I was doing. Like, people had an understanding of what I did. There was reasons I did it for specific, you know, groups of people, which I'm not really going to get into no, on here. God. But no, 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 it was, it was you, you know what I'm saying, yeah. like uh, a repo man type of thing. So. There was uh there was there was shit like that. And then after that, once I got to the sticks, cause there's nobody I was the biggest thing moving, like right outside the country club, like the, the town that my parents live in is soft too. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's there's their town and then there's Bethel and then there's Danbury. And Danbury is, is turned up right now. Drake was wearing the Danbury the Danbury jersey, they got the uh the Netflix documentary out. Yeah, like yeah, where the Yeah, the, yeah like so I grew up, I grew up right in Danbury. Like I spent probably more time in Danbury than in Milford. Um, Cause I got along with the kids back there and it made more sense to me. Like it was, especially once I came back from being in Michigan, because once I got like incarcerated out there in Michigan, it was like, that was the first time in my life. it's like, yo, you are the minority. Not even just in terms of kids, like in terms of staff, everything you are the minority. Like there's only like in your cottage, one half white kid besides you. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> It reached the point where, like, I was exposed to a lot of shit, and uh, I didn't like being in the sticks because I felt that they was racist, and uh, they, I, don't, I don't like racism. That's that's you know what I'm saying. I'm very anti that. So it's like I had those people I clashed with. I had people that I felt was um just trying to impersonate shit that I was clashing with, and um because we get people who I think were just gang dropouts or flunkies or whatever from places like New York and who would just pop up out here in this little ass stick town. And and ironically, it's right where the DEA field office for this side of Connecticut is at. Like the DEA used to watch me out there. They used to drive right past our complex and I'll get to that complex in a second. I'll have to write it down in the notes. um, Cause there's something there's some, uh, especially related to this topic about that complex. I wouldn't even say just the complex, but um, just just the apartment I lived in, okay. apartment three. You know what I'm saying? So, basically, yeah, we was we was living in this complex. It's called Little Mexico, and this is right after I was done being homeless. I had uh moved in with my wife's stepmom and her dad and Waterbury. We've been there for a minute. Waterbury at the time was like getting bad with the murders, like almost as bad as it is now. Um, now I live like right around the corner from it, ironically. So my mom was like, "Yo, we need to get you back over here." You know, because I know you know people in it was like the third, fourth time I lived out there, and they're like, "But you know what I'm saying? If you if you keep staying out there, you know, we feel like something's gonna happen to you." Right. And uh, so basically, they uh, they had seen the news and shit, and it was it, there. There was always like ten murders a year, but it was like high this year. So they first, my little brother had just died. Actually, two of my little brothers had just died, and one of them had got shot in the head in Bridgeport and uh, dumped out the car. Yeah, and I still don't know if he was trying to rob them people or they was trying to rob. But it's just like, and he looked just like me. That's the fuck. He wasn't even really my little brother, but he looked just like me. That's why I, like, I called him that. Cause it was like, so it a, a t- so at this point I'm like, we need to get the fuck out of here. You know, it's just not happening around me. I feel like at any point it could, just cause it happens out here. And now it's happening. Like people I know is dying in significant ways. Like that's the, the only friend I had from that area who got not from Waterbury. He was originally from the Stick Town that got shot in the head. You see what I'm saying? I had warned them right before it happened. I said, yo, you, you're doing that in a place you can't really just be doing that of your own accord. You know what I'm saying? So they, they got regulations for that. And if someone finds out you're just doing that shit and they finally put two and two together, that it's not no, nobody's ordering it. It's just happening. You're going to be in big trouble. So I don't know what the situation was, but basically like I've always had that type of shit with people where I could tell it was gonna die before. And like almost exactly like my little brother Reed who died, he died literally, I, he haunts my house. You know what I'm saying? He I have a couch he gave me from moving company he worked at and it's wood, it's real wood, it's not plastic enough. So I think it's, that channels it. You know what I'm saying? Cause I know enough about that my godmother's mother was a was a medium, so okay. she told my godmother shit about that. Yeah, so growing up, I knew a lot of shit about it. So at least I was in a way where it wasn't like my parents was just confused. It was like they was confused by like the violence and shit, but they understood sort of the other shit. They just felt that they were connected in a you know type of uh, psychosis type way or something. So basically, long story short, like um my my little brother I know I bounce around a lot, but. My little brother really wanted. uh he wanted to find out to Cali, him and his brother, Dylan, who I never met, they have one older brother who's still alive. And he was the one everyone thought was going to die. I predicted him staying out of jail, I said, because he went back and back again. He's done like 13 years in prison and he's only 30, 34 or something, like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. He did, his first bid was a home invasion. So he did his yeah, so all three of the the whole family went down for it was really sad. Like the whole family went down for some shit when they were kids. Like Reed was like seven or eight. He was the youngest. Mm-hmm. And uh basically, uh yeah, they wound up when Reed went out to California, he he left he left here and I was the last person he seen before I went to the airport. And uh I'll get into his brother in a second. I'll make sure I stay on this right here and then I'll get back to everything else and loop back and around. Cause this is crazy. So my, my little brother Reed, um, he left for the airport. It was June. It was right after my son was born. It was July. No, excuse me. Right before my son was born. It was like June, midway through June of 20, 2019 or 20, no 2020. Cause COVID had already happened. Um, or it was starting to happen. So July of, I think, no. Yeah, because it's just been a year. So July of 2020, uh, 2020, he goes out to California and comes through here before he goes to the airport. And when he's leaving, I give him a hug. And, like, I think to say something to him about because, like, I immediately think, Yo, the, the the this is the last time you're going to see this kid. This is the last time you're going to see him alive. And uh, in a way, I was right. But in a way I was wrong because last time I saw him live was on FaceTime. He was on a train. He was going to ironically meet up with another kid from out in the sticks over there over in uh in LA. And this kid I guess is linked in with a rehab working there somehow. Um and uh from what I heard, basically uh he 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 was there and I believe gave this kid Reed whatever or my little brother excuse me whatever the fuck, you know, he fell out on, which I've understood was meth because his heart exploded. Like he smoked enough, you know, crank to where his heart blew up. Yeah. So this is where it gets crazy. Reed was 24 years old. Okay. When he died, he died out of state on a complete different side of the United States in a place where he has family ties with people because, because of the the home invasion type case that, that, as kids, and like their mom was wrapped up in the shit, their dad was right. Their mom and dad can't be together, so their dad owns a moving company that operates out of mainly, uh, mainly I believe California, but it also it, it, it moves weed for the dispensaries from California to Colorado to Washington to Oregon. Uh, one, someone his family invented the strain Obama Kush, like his family's really involved with the weed business, mm. so. Basically, his brother, Dylan, this is way before because his brother, Dylan, was the second oldest. This is back when I was homeless Uh, at 24 years old, goes out to Colorado and um, basically is out in Colorado and, you know, he's having a great time. And he was the only from what I heard. He was the only of the of the brothers that would never even try to do no heroin or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? They all they all partied and shit like. But like Steve O the oldest one was like the type who would do it if it was like around or whatever. Reed was the addict. Like he was the one he would like he fell out so many times. I remember I, I think the first kid the first time my little brother fell out, I think he was uh he was thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. He he was banging dope by the time he was like fifteen or sixteen. You see what I'm saying? Like I left to go to the wilderness, and then I went around from home and when I came back, this kid was he wasn't like the the kid who just smoked weed and was like you know, he, he was like strung out, but he was still he he didn't let it change him. You know, and that was what I was respected was like he never was was he he never did know like there's times he pocketed shit and I know he did, but it was some shit that was inconsequential. You see what I'm saying? Like it was some shit he knew I wasn't gonna care if he did that. And it was probably some shit that was worthless anyways. So um, you know, it was the type of shit where no one else could get away with it, but he couldn't. He always said he's like, yeah, like if if if, if Alex robbed me. Mac robbed me, I just have to let that go. I just have to I just have to accept that. you know what I'm saying Like so his brother Dylan had died and I really carried Reed through that. and at the time Reed was living with me up here too. that's all the other th- thing I think about the summer before he died, he was living up here. So Dylan dies 2000 Dylan dies the year before my little brother Lane and my little brother brother dies. Dylan dies in Colorado at 24 years old. And under, under Over those circumstances in a very mysterious manner. Um, supposedly, he may have owed bounty hunters money. I don't know. But both kids died at 24 years old. I did not know Dylan. I will never try to pretend I know Dylan or knew Dylan. But I knew Reed and I know Steve-O. And steve was the only one out of the three brothers who made it past 24. And both made it the same exact way and died pretty much the same exact way by overdosing on something away from home, away from their parents, away from their moms. At the, you see what I'm saying? And it's like, um, that made me think, like, think about soul gem theory. Like, what well, back in the day, like, there was really something where you could, like, take this one dude and you could put him in the gym and he could never get out. He's stuck in his own little world. Like, he can move around in there, but everybody can't get out. You know what I'm saying? It's such a consistent theory, like, ever since before this even happened, I started thinking, like, yo, that, that could really be some shit. Like, so I I, I think about how, how Steve-O, ever since Reed died, he completely did a 180 with his life. Like, I remember the last thing, one of the last things I ever told Reed in person, when we had, like, a real deep conversation, because he used to just pull up at my crew all the time. And he knew he could just come in here and like, there's times I almost jumped him thinking he was a burglar or something. And like, mid, literally mid stride or mid pulling something, like, I was like, oh shit! I didn't realize because he would just open my door and be like, yo, and I'd be like, yo, what are you always oh, reading? Like, so basically, yeah, like there's a lot. Like this kid was a character. Like I love this kid to death. So, um, after he like before he went before Thomas and when he went out to California. Uh, His brother, Steve-O, was in prison again. And in the time that I had come home from prison, and I've been out for damn near, uh, for almost like six years, um, he basically had gone and come back, I think it was twice or three times. And we were locked up together, me and Steve-O. I had no idea he was Reed's big brother. No idea. Talked to this kid at Chow hall. Didn't talk to him, said what up to him every day. He was a very notable, known figure on the compound. So was I. But like, I, he was more known just because he had been there for so long and like what his charges was and who he was, they they were so polarly like, he looked like a, a geek kind of, but like a jacked up geek, like one who was like real jack, you know what I'm saying? Like dudes, like his arms was always on some fed shit. That's why I told him, I was like, your arms look like you did fed time. Like, <laughs> so he uh he fucking, um we get home and shit and all this shit happens and. Well, he's in jail and he's like, um, you know, I, I don't know why. Like, I'm at the point, I kind of just want to cut Steve-O out of my life for a bit or something like, till he gets his shit straight because he just, like, what's the point? He just keeps going back to jail. It's like, I lost one brother to drugs, you know what I'm saying, in terms of overdose. And, and from what I understand, like, Steve-O was owing people money and shit. And I had to help him out a couple of times. Um, cause I was good at holding on to shit and not using it and just getting rid of it. And I guess like it got to a point where like, um, Steve got hit by a train by being fucked up on drugs. Like he has a permanent, yeah, he got fucking hit by a train because he like, he's wobbling or whatever, literally right as the train's coming. He liked to do a lot of, a lot of fucking shit, man. I remember one time I was like, yo. Uh he had huge lines, yo he shifts is like the size of this pen. I don't understand. I'm like, yo, is that is that cane? Like and say, Yeah, or something like so he goes, he goes, Yeah. I'm like, sometimes tells me don't 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 it's not. And so I fucking I do the littlest point. My nose was on fire. I said, and my vision started going crazy. I said, What is this? And I'm trying to figure out for like five minutes because the feeling feels sort of familiar but I have never felt it before. I'm like, well, it's not DMT because I've only done that once and just don't feel like that. There's no paralysis. It's just like, I started thinking, I said, wait, when, they sh- when the police almost killed you like George Floyd and you came back to life on the stretcher after you saw your soul flow out your mouth like Looney Tunes and you was on the ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Because that's literally what happened. Like everything was black for like, what probably was really like a minute. And then for like, after that, it was like a curtain opened up I saw, like, myself, like, laying. I saw the whole scene play out, like, I was floating, and then the thing was, like, I didn't see myself get pulled on a stretcher, it was like, it froze, like, you know, in GTA, when you get the wasted, yeah, Yeah. so, I'll get to that apartment, I gotta get to that apartment at some point, because that was something else, but anyway, so, wake up on a stretcher, and, uh, sure enough, I'm, I'm you know, I'm like, they shot me up with ketamine, they're like, they're like, he's crazy, he's out, he's off his rock or whatever, because, I think that the police was scared because A, it was a black cop who initiated it. Uh, uh, um, it wasn't really a strength. They broke my bed in the process. But it was a black cop who initiated it because uh, they wanted me to go to the hospital. And I was like, I don't need to go to the hospital. I'm fine. Like, I think they were like taking my shit to like, make it look like I was crazy so they could get me to go to the hospital for whatever reason. I don't know. So I get to the hospital, and, they, and I'm calm as shit. And they shoot me up with ketamine and uh i thought when i came out the house with well, yo i was i was beyond like lost my mind like i thought two or four days had been four or five weeks like it, it was it was not a fun time like and like if you tried to tell me that it had been less than that i would get like to a point where like if you kept doing it and been like no it was all. Like, I would get to the point where I get like angry at the point like I like if it kept going I was gonna get violent about it because like the lithium that's what that would do it would, it took every bit of like restraint I had just blew it out the window mm. so yeah there was there was uh I think what it was was that apartment um first first let me let me finish that part off because I don't want to keep moving y'all around like that when I floated up. It wasn't like everybody says where it's like a light and you see a tone, guess what? You see that part when you're going and then it becomes all black. And for what was probably really under two minutes, it felt like it was about at least when I was unconscious before my vision came back, but I was still unconscious. It it felt like it had been like 10 minutes. It was, like, sort of like a movie opened up. Like, I swear to God, I, th- I I didn't think it looked like a curtain, like, opening, like, for a movie. I swear. um, But, like, the thing was, when with George Floyd happened, it brought it all back, like, that was something that really traumatized me and because I tried to sue over it before, and they wasn't trying to take my case, I sort of, like, pushed it to the back. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I don't need to worry about that no more. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I got my medical card and all that. You know, I've, I've been through a lot of trauma, so, like, that shit really fucked me up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, the, damn, the police almost killed you. And that's not supposed to happen to you technically if you, if you were to go by stereotypes of what society say or whatever. Like, so it's like, at that point, um, I was like, at such a point where I, they had already been targeting me. So I was at a point where I was like, man, God don't even really exist if he letting this shit go on. So then they almost killed me. And I literally like, the moment my vision appears, it's like, I'm ported third person into... Like almost first person, but like I could tell it's not really exactly first person yet. It's like first person in reverse. I'm staring at my face mm-hmm. and I'm on the bed and I can see like the, the fatigue, like the blue beady used the coffee wear. I can see that. And then as I float, it goes upwards. And then when I get to the ceiling, it gets to a point where it's like I have 360 degree vision. Like I can see the, the, the ceiling's gone. It's a white hot light. But at the same time, I could see the whole shit below me. I don't gotta orientate. It's like it's just detached. You see what I'm saying? Like it's like you almost change the whole physics and structure of the way the world was. And um literally right after that, I started seeing flashes of clouds. And I think if them clouds had got to a point where they stayed, I think I would have died. I think that's the point where I would have been dead. Because it was the point where I didn't see nothing that happened. It was like everything froze. And it, like, pans out. Like, literally, when you die in Grand Theft Auto, it says wasted. It was literally like that, except everything froze. And uh, no cops kept shooting or nothing. No cops kept having it. It was just, like, that that scene frozen. And uh, so my old apartment, this apartment, apartment 3 at Sherwood Commons in New Milford, Connecticut, this apartment has been boarded up. And I only say that because it's been four, five, actually, no, probably, like, seven or eight residences, residence there since we've left. Every time my wife would drive by it, it's boarded up, you know what I'm saying? They'll have a family live there and then she'll drive by it again, like a few months or a few weeks there because we live quite a ways from there now. She only go back there to see certain people and whatnot. And she's like, I've seen that shit boarded up at least once a year. And I remember hearing her say this certain day, she's like, babe, they boarded up our apartment when we was on the phone. Like they boarded up our apartment, and then like I guess before my bid, they had someone move out and they boarded the shit up again. And when I was when we was there, there was we when we got the shit. I remember walking into this shit and like when I got this place, I was like, "Yo, this is, this is decent. I like it here. It's cozy." You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't nothing like, "Wow, this is fucking nice." You know what I'm saying? that was the type of feeling I had with that type of apartment it was like, yo, this is fucking nice. Like, I don't know if it was cause I just come from living in this like hotel room. That was the size of a jail cell in this motel with, called the big apple with hourly rates. Mm. that got raided at one point after we left, but it was, it, it felt like really nice. And, um, then slowly, like, the shit that they had just renovated started falling apart, like, physically. Like, drawers were just, like, I will not yank the shit, no extra force. Just, like, I, I pull it, and all of a sudden, the whole, not even just the knob, the whole front of the drawer falls off with the nails. I'm like, y'all just renovated this. And, like, it was getting to a point where I was, like, already starting to be, like, what, what is this? Like, why is this happening? And I hadn't noticed any of the, like, more like because I have stories about that place like I hadn't noticed any of like what was malevolent about it yet at that point because I was just like so like this is weird it it was all super nice for like a few weeks like I only noticed that part when I moved in here and I could tell the difference in how it felt like it was almost like almost like when you got somebody who's trying to rob you or something but they act like they your best friend Mm -hmm. it was like that it was like that so as I'm as I'm in, in in the apartment going through living there, I'm, I'm noticing like I'm I'm losing it like this is weird like there's just weird aura and it was right after things started breaking that like, you know and I'm like I, I know it's not, you know because I, I was doing a lot of drugs and shit but it was all shit that like doing you know, like K two and shit and there was this one brand of K two called Bizarro that like. The whole town, whenever they smoked it, for whatever reason except me, called the cops on themselves. That was like 90% of the users' response. With me, I was like, I mean, there was points where I was doing shit like standing up and sitting down 40 times in a row for no reason and then charging off the porch. I hallucinated a whole phone call with my boy who was in jail where I thought Asian gangsters were being sent to my house to take for, for leaving him in, uh, in his one town on Christmas. Uh, but yeah, there was there was there was shit like that. But I was the literally they thought was the funniest shit because of how many meds I was on there. Like you was the only dude who could literally just smoke this shit like, and and you just ride that shit out. So I've done I've done like a lot of mushrooms too. Like I probably done mushrooms. I definitely done mushrooms more. I've done acid. I've done a lot. I've done everything though. Like so I noticed like as times going on. At this point. I was very, I think the, the the lithium type things, I think they make you very receptive to otherworldly entities. As I think certain people just on their own are very receptive to these entities. So one of the first things that happens is me and my wife had, it was a two bedroom, right? By the end of this, we wound up sleeping in the living room. When you first walked in, you saw couch couching in our bed. You know what I'm saying, you would have walked in here and been like, Y'all have two bedrooms. Why is the bed like chilling in the living room? Like, so what had happened is there were two rooms that we wound up calling them. I forget if I call it the, the combat, the combative room, or the hostile or what. There was one room to the left that would make people want to get mad, like they would get violent, like they would get hostile. Their attitude would switch. You could see it, like. And when the cops almost killed me, that was the room that happened in. And, I, and the cop who followed up at my trial for that shit uh, wound up testifying in my defense and, and actually helped me get, get kind of get off on the case with just a reinstatement of probation. Um, because he even said there was like no reason for him to be acting the way he was acting. Keep in mind the cop who did it is my parents' neighbor who at this time I have a restraining order against that neighborhood. It's really weird, right? It's literally like George Floyd in reverse, and this dude is my parents' neighbor, and their neighborhood does not like me at this point. There's a significant portion of their neighborhood, more that liked me, but there was just almost as much, including him being one of them, did not like me. And uh, I literally watched, like, the facial expression when we went from the living room because I was like, yo, stop playing with me. I know you took, like, my phone charge or something because it was just plugged in right here. Moment we get into that room, like his whole shit changed and he just threw me on the fucking bed, put his knee on my neck, and the fu- he did so bad, like the bed frame broke. The bed frame was snapped in half. Like and when I got back to the house, finally, like I noticed mad chemicals of mine was just out. Like they had like try to clean this shit up or something. Like so police was really trying to do me dirty there. That's why I won't go back there. Um I think they they have that uh Small white town mentality where they don't have to deal with a lot of types of things, um, and I think the fact that I wouldn't help them out with any type of law enforcement they didn't like either. So basically, we stopped sleeping in that room. Um, I think that this was after that happened. We stopped sleeping in that room. We started sleeping in the room to the right of it. All of a sudden, like my wife is a lot like like I am, where she could tell, like she she senses this shit better than a lot of people. Um, I, I, we're going to bed. Like she's falling asleep, she's almost fell asleep completely, and uh, she falls asleep literally. And I'm I'm, literally right about to fall asleep after she does, and all of a sudden she wakes up. She says, "We need to get the fuck out of this room now. Move the bed. We move the bed." It gets crazier. So now we get. Um, we have a bed and we have another mattress. Somehow we had acquired from someone who either left it there or, or gave it to, I forget, but we at this point had a mattress on the floor in the room. We dubbed the get out room and we had this bed. And so the bed was in the living room. Cause that was, uh, it was a queen size. We both slept in that. And then we had this, like, it was like a twin or something that was in this other room, just on the floor. And so one night me and my wife is arguing. So I'm like, I'm going to just go lay down. Chill for a second, whatever. I'm starting to fall asleep, and I was not sleepy when I went in there. Uh, and I got the lights out. I'm in there, and I'm, I'm laying down. I start getting more and more sleepy. Like almost like it felt almost like I took a perk or somewhere. It was kicking in gradually enough to feel like a drug. And I get the feeling I need to get out of there now. And I, I just, I'm like, you know what, fuck this. I'm not going back out there to fight with her. I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be, uh, I'm just going, I'm just trying to rest. I'm going to just lay down. You know what I'm saying? I'm stay here. Fuck this. I, it's all in my head. Like, I always tell my mom, like, that apartment and, like, certain, like, the 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 places that, at the park with the satanic cold across the street. And then Dudley Town, those is the three places i seen, Dudley Town being the first one I saw where, it was closing your eyes won't make it go away mm. and you will never be able to look at this shit as a skeptic again mm. like you know what i'm saying like um you can hate paranormal activity and all that as much as you want you will never be able to look at this shit like a skeptic again um and you can look up all type of shit on Dudley town we went there at night and and that shit let me tell you everything like almost picks itself up moves around and puts itself back by the morning i'm pretty sure back to back to the matter at hand so I, I basically, I'm, 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 I'm uh, starting to get sleepy and I notice like my eyes are closed and for whatever reason, even though it's completely dark in the room and like, you know how like you close your eyes in the, in the light you see a little bit of, of like red man. shit cause skin's shining through whatever, right? My eyes start to get like, look like they're like orange or something like there's a light behind and there's no light on it. And then all of a sudden within it, just like a smoky figure Yeah, like turns into, it looked like a man, but it had like a bird head, but like reptile teeth and like mouth. And then it was like, almost like if you had like scales with like feathers on top of them. Mm. And and I forget if it had wings. I, I don't, no, it didn't have no wings. It was just that. And like, it appeared at first just as like this face and then morphed into the full and then at that point I lost consciousness. And according to my wife, I was doing a reverse bridge walking backwards. Like doing some shit that just trying to do it. I've tried recreating doing it. To like, you know, cause she was like, You I know you know martial arts, you know how to do that shit. I'm like, not walking backwards, you trying to do this, you're gonna break your neck. And that's what happened every time. It's, it's, it's like to arch your back and move like that, You know, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Probably like a select few of Olympic gymnasts could do that. You don't see people doing that on commercials enough for no reason because yeah. you can't fucking do it normally. So uh, I wake up and I'm in the living room. And that's when she tells me all this shit happened. She's like, you sounded like you was like gurgling something, but like almost like words, but like it seemed like almost very like forced through you like in like like almost like something was trying to like convey a message and it took a second for me to deliver it mm-hmm. and once i left that room it snapped like i came back to consciousness immediately right outside the door of that room and uh we eventually because of this place we wound up having a medium and, and uh two paranormal investigators take a consult for it um to see if they wanted to do anything further and um Remember the medium, like she gets to that room and she says, that's something very serious. That's something that wasn't s- supposed to be here. It's, it's not from Earth. And, and I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, put it like this. There's demons. And she said, and then there's demons of significance. And then there's demons who are of significance and have a, a, a rank in Satan's army." She said, this is like the latter. Like, she said, that's why I can't leave that specific room. To like, and that's when the first time I heard that shit about um like God is everywhere. Like he he he's too big to conceal into, but like especially when things are that aligned with Satan to the point where it's more than just um an acceptance point or whatever, when things are that aligned with Satan that um they literally become demons, it's I guess when they die and he gets they sold it's locked to a specific location. Supposedly, I've, I've watched someone's video say that in the Rothschild's house, the devil can come up once a year. Like, and he's allowed to come in their house once a year. Cause I guess the, like, and if you, it, I, I remember watching Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And which is basically like, if you look back on it, it's a child's version of purgatory theoretically, yeah. they think. And, um, you know, it makes sense with Eddie's brother, with who he was, going to hell, only be able to come up once a year. I wonder where they got their reference. Um, and it's funny because when you hear ghosts, you hear the term spirits. You don't hear the term souls is not used. It's always when it's done by someone who does that profession for a job, it's spirits. And I always think of it like, imagine this, the song YOLO by Drake. You know so Just because I really don't like Drake right now after uh, the whole Danbury Trashers Jersey thing. So th- what if selling your soul, right? You get all this shit in exchange, right? But where everyone else would get the choice to reincarnate, serve some time in heaven, and then reincarnate and working as an angel, whatever the case, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get that chance. You are stuck in hell. There is no parole. There is no EOS. You are more than a lifer. You cannot die. Mm-hmm um that's that's where and i think that's where astroworld came because i think that when you get in that position you need other souls to be able to sort of like i i, I would say maybe get another try or whatever you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. i don't know at all of that of how that works but i've known enough people who were around that shit um Stuff I wasn't even supposed to be around, seeking out, being around, like, when, when, like if you think that house was crazy, because that house what, what, what my psychologist, and this is a doctor with a MD, said, he goes, and I, I thought he was going to say, man, you need you, to you stop talking like that. I'm going to call it a crisis. He said, he said, out can we tell you something? All that paranormal bullshit, he said, is 100% fucking real. Demons, all that shit is 100% real. Uh, I ain't going to disclose his name for obvious reasons, but he said, you know, I've worked as a consult for the Catholic church. When they do an exorcism, they really want to make sure it's not mental illness because not only of the possibility of, of people dying, because that's how taxing it is on the body. And if the demon or whatever entity does not want to let go, that's what will happen. But because if it's mental illness, it won't be fixed. It'll, continue occurring so um basically at that point I, I talked to him about the um this this whole whole uh, thing and what we came to the conclusion is, is that someone probably played with a ouija board in the house sometime when milton bradley was big on them shits and it was just it was made by parker brothers when you could when you didn't have to like we didn't just buy that shit because you saw that pawn shop and you never seen one before and you had no idea what the fuck you were right. getting into. Yeah. I'll get into that one in a second too because that was something I never understood till I personally saw it and I still don't understand it. So, um, basically, like, yeah, we we think someone opened up a portal and and it was just that was the because they keep renovating it and then that's they don't do it to any of the other apartments. No one else has just gone and moved out and like we know for a fact like because of people who live there who have, who have told us she's cool with all the Mexicans that, uh, basically long story short, like at least one or two people died in the house. And like the last one was like right before we moved in and he died of cancer and they thought that the other dude might've died of cancer, but it was too long ago to remember and only like a couple of them had lived there. Um, you know, so it was, it was a real, real like sketchy thing. And like I said, at the same time, you got you know the DEA is driving a SUV, a suburban with five antennas off it, past this shit because they're looking at me. They're looking at all the Mexicans because I know a, a couple of them was mule and shit, and and mad of them was uh no 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 papeles. So. Uh, Basically, yeah, they they was they was with their field office right there. I used to run into the DEA in the street, like, and I've had them approach me out there. And I, I know that that's that's like I said, the type of shit. I won't go back out there because because that's how targeted I am. You know, it's like it's like you don't think about it until you realize like you're six five, and the only thing that makes you disidentifiable is the way you you move about doing shit, how you dress, and your neck. If I could change my neck, yo, I would I wouldn't care about the how I dress. But I know the moment someone sees me without a hoodie, they already know it's me. They're like, That motherfucker got an extra head under his head. It's definitely him. Okay. So, yeah, like, um, basically we wound up when we was homeless, which is before we lived in Waterbury, we was living in this uh place called Overlook Park. Um, in the town of Bethel. And um I didn't disclose this part on my video because I mean I didn't want put too much out there. I don't want Bethel to look bad, but I think enough people know about Overlook Park. Just if you go there just as a hiker, like you're gonna see the first picnic table you're seeing, you're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Mm. Um, some I've noticed, uh, just because this immediately re- relates to that is with. These types of things, especially where I think uh, Satanism and demons, some more than just a poltergeist respect or something that doesn't want to go into the light or whatever is involved. um, I believe it It tends to have a, I think the only thing of natural power, say, like God can do the lightning, God can do the water, he can do the rain, all that, right? I think Satan can only really control fire. And maybe earthquakes, because every time we were dealing with a place like this, if at least one fire started either for no reason or spread for no reason, just out of circumstance and, and nearly took took one of us out. Like uh, in the apartment, my wife uh, nodded out with a cigarette twice and set the bed on fire so fast, I was surprised she didn't get burned. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I was playing video games. She was lucky I was awake both times. Hmm. So um, in, the, in, the, in this park, when we first get there, we set our tent up on this one little platform. We heard there was overnight camping. Every house across the street has a red door and every house like in the vicinity for the majority has a red front door. Growing up, in my, when we moved to the country club from where we was living at um, before more in, uh, in Danbury, when we moved to the country club on the border, the house had a red front door and the woman who we got the house from was crazy. She literally sold this house to build a house right next to it that the people who wound up trying to get me kicked out the club bought. Hmm. So literally you sell your house to literally on the same plot of land, only sell part of the plot of land. And then, so there was shit wrong with this woman. Like you could tell like she wasn't making like rational decisions. Like she, she would try to run cats over with her golf cart. Like, literally, neighborhood cats. Like, it was weird. Like, I almost spazzed down. The first time I ever spazzed down an adult in my life, I was, like, seven years old, and it was because of that. <laughs> we had just moved into the neighborhood, and they had just, uh, they had actually just built the house. I was, like, eight or nine, maybe, how old it is. Um, so, yeah, there, there was a, a fire that randomly started in our town, like, just randomly out of nowhere. And so we're, like, all right, we'll move it, whatever. And we started noticing, like, every, I think it was, it was either, I almost want to say for positive, it was almost, it was either Wednesday, Thursday, or Saturday. It was, I want to say I was, it was most likely Wednesday or Saturday. There was this, all the houses with the red doors, right? And in between, like almost in between in the, in the middle, in like a meeting point of like, if you were to take an even amount from this side and that side, like right in the middle, there's this one house that's like a mini Waco. It's like a Ruby Ridge. Like, you can tell these motherfuckers got supplies and shit. There's all type of... There's multiple buildings on one lot, a lot of which are, like, Quonset huts and uh, sheds and shit that are improvised. Um, so there's there's this this whole weird aura with this chanting. It does not stop from... And red and white Christmas... Only red and white Christmas lights. No green, no... And it does not... And it's always in the same house with a fire. It just continues... All night to, like, usually we would wake up and it'd be done. um Or just be finishing up. And one morning we woke up well before that. Because we heard a woman screaming. Like, screaming like she was being murdered. And um, we don't, we keep trying to find, like, we keep trying to run towards it. Because my wife fights dudes and whoops, they ass. Like, I remember my best friend Mike, who... He's like looked at as as like more badass than me sometimes in that little sick town. He even says, like, yo, I don't even think there's no dude out there who could who could like try to fight your wife. If try to try to fight Casey and wouldn't get dad smoked. Like she's almost killed me fighting me before. Actually in this in this exact park. Like, and I think it was because like things were manipulating. You know, she basically thought I was I was talking to a seven-year-old kid who was asking me about my skateboard, yo, like, while I'm walking. I'm like, yeah, it's this brand. And I I kept walking. She thought I was talking to a female. For whatever reason, this is a seven-year-old boy on a bicycle who just asked me really quick. And she, I hear her shrieking as I get up this trail. So there was shit there that, like, I understand totally, like, it it was, it was, and people kept telling us, this place is weird. Like, I wouldn't be out here by myself like that. And uh, so basically, yeah, over time we started. And then when we're leaving that morning with the, with the screaming, because every time we get close to the screaming, it's like they bounce, it's bouncing almost not too far away to where it's definitely something that isn't human. Mm. It's like just enough to where it could be a human. You know what I'm saying? So we keep trying to find it. Eventually we can't. But it's like right below us, we can tell. Like right where this compound is at almost, like, but right across the street, maybe at closest. So we start heading down towards town to take care of what we had to take care of. I was lucky I had uh the ex-husband of someone who lived in my neighborhood owned one of the grocery stores. And cause his 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 ex-father-in-law used to be my boss when I did crawl spaces. Um he would he would always look out for us. So, long story short, we we get to the trailhead, and when we're getting there, we hear sirens, and we're like, I hope they're going to. Get, we hope they're going to get that girl. You know what I'm saying? Because we heard it, and we were just like, I don't know what, what, what they're doing, but the chanting and this at the same time is not. That's 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 not like that's weird. So like, at first we were just gonna wait up to make sure like nothing was coming towards us, and then we're like, no, nah, we if that's something like we need to go help them. Like that's close enough to where like, you know but we'll, Again, it's like we didn't know how many people was over there, or nothing. But we we're just like we need, we need to do something if we can, you know. So we started going down the trail. So, Let me stop. Try you ahead. ahead. Let me stop you there. So let me wrap this up, and I'm gonna email you back the second link. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. No. I'm-